Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. Oh, welcome to She's a 10 times 5. Hey, Lori. Hey, Lise. How are you today? Good. I gobble wobbled into the Studio 50 today. Did you? Thanksgiving. Oh, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very overindulgent four days, isn't it? It is because let's be real. I don't make stuffing all year round. And so when I make it, I want to enjoy it as long as it's in my refrigerator. And I always make too much. So that's a problem. And yeah. I can't throw anything away. Yeah, we did pickleball. We did a little family pickleball tournament the morning of, and I still had to cook, and I was gassed. Oh. So I kind of screwed up the the stuffing. I used sourdough instead of Regular white bread. Yeah, and it, but I didn't care because I was so tired. But it all works. It all works out. Yeah. All right. So we've got a fun day ahead of us with three guests. Yeah. We we're we're busy in Studio Fifty today. We're we've got them lined up so that we can have some great uh, shows for you guys. Yeah, baby. Okay. Okay. And this this individual that we're interviewing, uh, Lori, I've been trying to get her to the table. She's a busy woman. Yes. So we're lucky to have her today. Yes. So let's hop into what we're talking about. All right. Well, this topic, I know you love talking about this topic because it's it's got a lot of a lot of meat to it. But today we're going to really boil down the goods and bads of social media. Yeah. And and how that affects us as adults and our kids and the goods and the bads. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to kind of parlay off the good how I met our guest was mm-hmm. through social media. Right. So there is a silver lining to everything, but um, there's also pitfalls and whatnot. So that's what we're going to go into. And this has been a topic that, you know, I've been obsessed about. Yeah, you have. Getting someone that can talk about the psyche and the impacts of what social media is all about, both to parents and us as adults, as well as our kids. Yes. Totally new generation. So let me dive into our guest. Today at the table, we have Dr. Oh, she wouldn't let me call her doctor, though. I was was trying to be very respectful, and I'm like, Dr. Fishman. Um, But Dr. Lori Fishman began her career as an attending psychologist with Boston's Children's Hospital and an instructor of psychiatry at, wait for it, Harvard Medical School gaining unparalleled experience in behavioral medicine while also establishing herself as a respected parenting consultant, currently serving as the founder of Past Parent and Future Inc. Dr. Fishman is widely known for expertise in pediatric weight management, self-esteem and anxiety. She is a she is proud to call Boston home and outside of work, you would find her hanging out with her teenage daughter or attending a local concert or sporting event. Oh, she sounds like our kind of girl. She <laughs> is our kind of girl. And before first of all, welcome, Lori. Welcome, Thank Lori. You so much for- yeah. Thank you. 
I, I want to just because I, I loved your website. You're, you have a fabulous website. I was I was deep diving into that all yesterday. But she has a little fun facts about herself. And I just want to read a couple that I, I just thought were great. That's- First, it's kind of an accolade named top writer in parenting on medium.com. Nice. I love a good writer. Yes. Okay. She already said, Mama Teenage Girl named Alexa. Thanks a lot, Amazon, because now everyone calls out <laughs> oh. Alexa. Oh, no. I w- you would have to disable that, I would think, if yeah, you had a daughter. You got to go with yeah. Google or something. My gu- her, well, my guilty. Her guilty pleasure is listening to 80s hair band music. Oh, definitely my kind of girl. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Lover of Boston sports teams despite growing up in Jersey. And her favorite ice cream flavor, it really is vanilla. Oh, All right. Okay. So okay. did we give you the proper introduction or what? Absolutely. Actually, it's so funny you guys mentioned the Alexa thing because during the pandemic, when all the kids were doing virtual learning, if a teacher called on her in class, everyone's Alexa's and the whole house went off. So the whole class would, you know, be distracted. So my daughter actually ended up going by her middle name, Whitney, for the entire pandemic uh, home learning. Oh, wow. It was so bad and it was so awful. So that's a riot. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Thank That's you a good for story. that glowing introduction, Lori. That was, you know, amazing. I try. I try. All right. You and I got to talking and basically to let the listeners know how we came to be is we started following one another and then I started to see your posts and I started to really lean in into what your messaging was and what you were talking about. And I think the one post that really grabbed me was being included and excluded in Halloween and like, a, you know, that whole thing. And it, it really, your messaging really resonated with me. And then we got to talking and I think this is great because what you, your real wheelhouse is helping a lot of children, not just with anxiety, but really with the whole body image thing, which is a big beast that all of the kids face. But as we got to talking, you know, one of the big culprits in hurting their image is this big bad thing called social media. So we decided that we would take that lane today and then maybe have you back to talk about all the other things. So tell us your story. Sure. So I as, as you mentioned in my bio, I have been a child psychologist working in a hospital for many years. And the program that I did at the hospital was an obesity program. So parents would bring their children in if they their BMI was high and they were referred by their pediatrician. And they would see a nutritionist and endocrinologist. And they would see me, a psychologist, to work on behavioral goals towards um, managing their weight. But also because these kids tended to get bullied or have depression or anxiety as well. So I had been doing that for over a decade. And then during pandemic, I started to feel like there is such a bigger crowd that needs support around this than are able or want to come to an appointment at a children's hospital. I mean, particularly for the children, it's pretty embarrassing to get taken to a weight appointment. Mm. And in some ways, I'm not sure if it's the best thing because I feel like it's kind of highlighting, you know, this issue as um, it, it is serious, but it's also really embarrassing. Right. So my goal and and pandemic kind of helped with me getting online, getting on social media, as we're going to talk about. My goal was to kind of educate parents on the best way to approach this topic without shaming or embarrassing their child, uh, because you can't really ignore it. Otherwise, it does get worse. But and you have to, as a parent, keep your child healthy and safe. So you can't just throw your hands up and let them figure it out, especially if they're younger. But there's also a way of approaching it without shaming. So my 
plan was to just do a little more educating online. And that sort of snowballed into a, wait, I can actually help a lot of families virtually. And so I ended up actually leaving Children's after 12 years and starting my own business, trying to, to get this message out there and help parents. Uh, I, I think that that is, it is so tricky to approach that topic. And especially every child is different. But if you don't brush it, then they might look back and say, why didn't you help me? But then at the same time, you you don't want them to feel that you're focusing on something so negatively that that becomes their identity in a negative way. I don't, it's, it's a really hard, hard topic for both the child and the parent. It is. And my work stems from my own experience as a child being overweight. And this was in the 80s of the same generation of the music that I love. Right. So growing up in the 80s, it was all like my mother put me on Richard Simmons, Jane Fonda videos, like Slim Fast and the newest Weight Watchers and all these programs. And it was she was trying to help. I think she, you know, she did her best for the information we had at the time, but I think I just learned how to diet. I didn't learn mm-hmm. how to actually eat healthier exercise. I just learned like what's the next best diet. Mm-hmm. And I think something we could talk about with social media now and kids now is that they kids, especially teenagers, as you know, are Googling diets for teens or they're lo- learning about them on TikTok or on Instagram. And so they're also getting some misinformation and they're also getting sucked into kind of marketing and um, you know, influencers. Exactly. You know, skinny mint tea and you just drink this juice cleanse and it's all right. So it's it's kind of the same thing that happened to me, but in a new generation. Yeah. It's funny because I sometimes if I'm waiting in line and and I don't want to go on social media, like yesterday I was with the doctors with my son and we had a 20 minute wait. And so I like to play solitaire. And I'm telling you, every time I go on a solitaire, I see an ad with Dr. Oz where Mm -hmm. you take this pill and it shows these obese women and all of a sudden there's like the genes are like it just magically melts the fat away and I'm like this cannot who be belie- true who really believes that that works like that it's yeah. amazing it's yeah it's- well and and really I just want to tell one funny thing um you you hit it nail on the head with these kids following social media and seeing these so my daughter takes this um nutrition class in college and so I was really happy she did well then she starts following some influencers this one in particular that she's really connected with right you know she's all that and she comes to me about a year later and she's mom you know that influencer I follow well she has this whole program and I really feel like I need to get in this program it was like thousands of dollars. And I said, okay, but do you realize that's her business? And you were just being, I'm not saying she doesn't have valid stuff, but you're putting so much importance on her because she's what they understand, social media and in this realm of influencer that she lost, she didn't even understand that that was just ridiculous amounts of money. I said, I don't even spend that kind of money on my health, if you will. I mean, it's, it's easy for them to get sucked into that. Absolutely. And it just takes like a Kardashian holding a mug uh, that says a certain diet on it. And then everyone's going to go on that diet. Mm -hmm. It's like they get paid a million dollars to hold that product up and post it to all their followers. And suddenly that's the that's the go to diet that we all need to be on. Yeah. The the waist slimmer that they all wore. That was like sucking in and breaking ribs. Well, let's Lori, indulge me in this. So there are some and we've talked about it. Positive silver lining types of things that have come out of social media. And we just mentioned one of them is here we are talking because of social media. Let's talk about some of the good things that you see with regards to our kids and and us as parents. 
I'm going to tell you the number one positive aspect of it. I think coming from somebody that works with teenagers, particularly with anxiety, uh, some kids have a really hard time making friends in real life, IRL, as the kids say, real friends, right? It's really hard for them to invite someone to go out. It's really hard for them to find a group at school. They might be excluded. They might be you know, chastised for the things that they're interested in if they're not popular or they don't fit in with the crowd. And they're actually able to find their people online, which is something that we didn't experience growing up. So I do think that in some ways that could be a benefit to social media. I see a lot of kids who are really introverted, really anxious. And while they might not go to a football game at school, they would go on a group face chat with three or four kids who are into something they're into. Maybe it's anime, maybe it's some other card game or something, and they can actually have friends and feel accepted. Oh, that's a, it's not something we think about. That's a, a perfect example. Yeah. And, you know, gaming is one way, you know, some kids, Absolutely. you know, it's it's that's not a form of social media, but it is a social connecting thing going live. Well, let me ask you this on that, though. Long term, kids that find social circles through that venue or that strategy, does it disable their ability to later on, I don't know, be able to connect with people in real life? I actually think it strengthens it. I mean, we don't have long-term research on it because this is just starting, right? Right. So we don't know what happens to these kids 10 years from now because it's happening now. But my sense is that it actually helps kids because go back to this idea of being the loner kid in high school, like alone at lunch, no one to sit with, no friends, not on any sports teams, knowing that you can get through the day and go home and talk to your friends versus getting through the day and going home and then being alone again all night. I feel like at least the exposure to the online friends does prepare you for how to be social. Um, Just out of the bubble of high school, as as you guys know, you know, kids in high school or or middle school just think that's their whole world. They have no concept of making other friends or going to college and finding your people because it's so much bigger and you might find more connections there. So I do think for, you know, the the kids who are 12 to 17, you know, who are are home and in school, I think that it actually can be beneficial. And then taking that out of the social aspect of friendships, do you think it affects them in ways in perfect example, my kids don't want to pick up a phone and call someone when they need information because they're not comfortable in that setting. They're only comfortable with texting or emailing, not even emailing. And so I feel like my kids have lost the, and a lot of this generation has lost the ability to feel confident picking up the phone and talking to somebody. And do you think that's a different concern? Yeah, no, I think that's separate. I do agree with that because I think that that goes across all kids of this generation, not oh. necessarily anxious kids. I think it's just a, why would you talk to a real person when you can just Google this or text somebody like that? It's it's so different from how we lived life because we only called people. And now right. it's almost like we would rather call people because it's nice to connect with that, with our actual voices and hear yeah. people talk. But they're total they just have no experience with it. So that's not their their world. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that? I I've had patients tell me that they are so grateful for TikToks because it teaches them how to do things like order a drink at Starbucks. And I was like, how do you not know how to order a drink, you know, or, <laughs> or to like go, what, how to go through a kids will tell you this. There's a video, a viral video about how to go through the line at subway because for kids, that's so apparently so overwhelming that it's like a step-by-step here's how you order your sandwich. And they, they go to TikTok to get this information. And it's just fascinating to me. Like They go to TikTok for everything. I'm everything. I, I, 
I know they're learning how to, yeah, they're, they're go to it for everything. I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's well, when we hit, stop hitting record. So let's go into, you work with a lot of, of teens and patients. Let's talk about some of the pitfalls. Because I think we gloss over it as just, well, this is just the sign of the times and this is how this new generation is. Um, And I feel like we throw our hands up a little bit or turn the other way. What are some of the things that you have seen that could have longstanding issues for our kids? So number one would certainly be the body image issue because people are only posting. This is true for adults too, right? Oh, yeah. People are Mm -hmm. only posting their best angle. They are using apps to rearranged their face. Um, they're using apps to make them look slimmer. They, none of it's real. It's filtered. It's not real. This is not how people look in real life. And so our kids are watching these or videos or seeing these people and they think this is how I should look when I look in the mirror, but nobody looks like that in the mirror. And so that's really hurting kids' confidence, trying to emulate these other people, but it's, it's an unrealistic expectation. I mean, even with these Snapchat filters, like if you've ever done one, nobody's eyes are three times the size of their face and then their, their chin is sucked in. Like that's not real life. And so it's, it's impossible standards. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other big issue is kids put a lot of their validation and self-worth into how many likes they receive on a picture. So if I post a picture of myself on Instagram and I'm a teenager in this generation and within the first 10 minutes, if I don't get X number of likes, whatever metric they've established for themselves as good, they'll just take the picture down. Wow. Um, so this value, this, our value in likes and in Instagram likes or TikTok likes is it's, it's a metric that has no real worth. It's just their own, their own decided value. And is that because they feel like, okay, I only have, they, People can see when I put this up and in this amount of time, I only got this amount of likes and that says that I'm not a very popular person and I need to take or it down. It's a or, bad picture or, or that a, I'm ugly. Like they'll put any kind of wrong information into that action, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever their brain decides to tell them that means it's always bad, but that, but just that this is what they're basing their appearance on or their likability. Wow. And it's so, it would be incredibly embarrassing to them if they only got a few likes. Wow. What about oversharing? Right. Thankfully with two boys, I mean, unfortunately for me, (laughs) I don't know what the hell they're doing half the time because they're on Snapchat and I never see it and I'm not on Snapchat. They don't overshare on Instagram, but I do feel like a lot of kids nowadays and and parents too, shit, share every little thing that's going on. Is that something that you see with people that it's an obsession of sorts? Yeah, I think it's hard to to figure out where the line is there because I can see some benefits to that too in that sometimes kids are sharing things that are hard for them and they're actually getting support online, which is nice. But just, yeah, I don't think anybody cares what your dinner looked like or, you know, kids are taking pictures of their feet and the ceiling and and it's just, it is very different. But it's also when you get inside their world, like this is what everyone else is doing. So it's not weird to them. It's weird to us. Yes. Uh, and I think that's what's so hard for us is that we are seeing their lives through our own lens. Um, but when you look at it through theirs, when they all are telling you these stories over and over, like this is all they know. They don't have another concept of like life before social media. It's it's like another language. It's terrifying because it just yeah. it adds this whole other layer to the anxiety of of you know being included, being excluded. Being, what are people thinking of me? Right, like 
I'm sure you've heard your kids say their friend left them on red. It took me a while oh. to figure out what that meant. What does that mean? Like, so it means like if I text you and I can see that you, it's really snap. If I snap yeah. you and Snapchat. I can see that you opened it and read it, right? But you didn't respond. That means you saw it and you just don't care to respond. Or it could also mean that you, if it's left undelivered, like if I send you a snap and you leave it undelivered, but I know you're on there talking to other people, I know you didn't even bother to open my snap. Right. And so yep. there's all this is a whole code. It's, it's a, whole, a code. Yep. And it's ridiculous. It's like we didn't have that. Either you called and left a message or you called and no one answered. I mean, there was no. I think the biggest problem with phones and social media in general is like, think about when we were in school, if we had a bad day or something happened at school or it was gossipy, we went to school, it was a bad day. But when we came home, it was over. We were with our family or whatever we were doing. We were alone in our room and it was over for a while, right? Now, everything is 24 hours a day. So if you're getting bullied at school or you had an embarrassing thing happen to you at school, everyone's talking about it all night, right? And they're all, and it's still happening. And they have a picture of it, right? Or or, and people are getting their pictures taken of them without them knowing it. So kids are taking pictures of someone's ugly outfit or somebody look at this girl's hair and they're sending it to the whole school. I mean, it's awful, awful what's happening, but it's just a whole layer. So when parents are trying to understand, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) When parents are trying to understand what is going on calling (laughs) it's really challenging for them because we can't actually understand this. Like we did not live this. Right. Uh, so the worst thing we could do is say, well, when I was your age, you know, we got bullied and we did embarrassing. It, it's totally different. Their lives follow them. Uh, and so it is, it's just constant 24 seven. If you're not invited to a birthday party, you might not have known about it till Monday morning that there was a party you weren't invited to, but now it's like here, all my friends are posting that they're together and I wasn't included or here are all my friends at a sleepover and I didn't get invited and they're sending pictures all night. I mean, it's constant reminders of where you are in your social status of who your friends are and who they aren't. It's bullying. It's awful in that way. So I think that's the biggest challenge. I agree. The other thing that is the anxiety of not being kept up with the feed and all of that, like um, if my husband will be like, you, she needs to put her phone away. She needs to put her phone away. And then the anxiety of the phone being put away and then not being caught up or not um, being in contact during that break of time that she was forced to put her phone away. I mean, that anxiety in itself is is something that I see that we never had. I mean, we didn't, we just didn't. No. You know, it's interesting. Lisa knows I have a, a, a pretty significant Facebook ecosystem and I don't go on because what I found is just the overwhelming amount of content. And since I had so many Facebook friends accumulated over what it's been 15, 18 years since, I mean, imagine that we've had Facebook a long time is that I felt like I had a comment like, oh shit, I didn't know they had a grandson or, oh gosh, the kid graduated from high school or, and I didn't know, and I should have known. And so it gave me such anxiety that I felt like I'd had to spend like 45 minutes commenting and liking on my feed because if I wasn't, I wasn't a good Facebook friend. Totally. And then, you know, people in in our generation posting on Facebook are only posting about good things too. Like, let's be realistic. Nobody's posting on their Facebook that they got in a fight with their husband or that their kid, (laughs) you know, got arrested or, you know, their little kids having a tantrum right now. It's all like, here's my perfect family in front of the tree. And here's our trip to Barbados. And here's my gorgeous house that, you know, it's like, 
it, not, all of us are looking at these things too and being like, why am I not on vacation? Why is my house not that perfect? You know, why my kids don't sit still for a second. It's so challenging for us too. And I think we we are facing that as well. Society, it's, it's very, it's almost like it, there's our real lives and then there's our social media lives. Absolutely. So what is, I mean, there's no one answer, but what what are your recommendations for managing our kids on social media as far as like their time and their, I mean, what are red flags or things that we should be watching out for as parents? So I, this is so hard to right? Because parents are always telling me my kid never comes out of their room. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hard part about that is that it's because they have a whole social universe in their room between video games and Netflix and their you know phones. So it's not necessarily that they're depressed and laying around in their room being depressed. They might be perfectly fine if they don't come out of their room. So I, it's, it's hard to give a metric of like, here's how much time kids should spend because it really depends. I mean, if your child's not doing their homework or if they're not getting their life activities done, or if they're not moving at all, and they're just laying around, then you might want to set some limits on, on social media or screen time. But if they're doing well in the other aspects of their life and they seem to be doing okay, I think the bigger the bigger way that we can help as parents is have conversations about this, right? Taking it away isn't really going to make it stop because kids honestly figure out how to get on. I mean, I've had kids tell me that their parents took away their phones and somehow they've still managed to get on their Chromebook and talk through. They have all the tricks. Oh, yeah. Learned on TikTok, by the way, um, you know, kids who are, aren't allowed to have social media will download it during the day and then un, un, remove it when they get home. So when their parents check their phone, they never knew they had Snapchat on at all. So trying to take it away is not necessarily the best course of action. I think the better way to approach it is check in with your kids, right? Ask them, what are you seeing on social media? What is that like for you? Or, how, you know, and actually try to um, have a conversation about it. What, you know, in saying, I didn't experience this. Like, tell me what that's like, rather than say, I know what this must be yeah, like for that's you. Great right? like, tell, educate. I'm always telling kids to educate me. They love that because they think they're right all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what we're talking about. So <laughs> I'm always good. saying like, oh, I don't know what that means. Even if you do, I don't know what that means. Can you educate me on this? Or if, if a kid tells me something in, in at work, I'll ask my own daughter, like, what does this acronym mean? Like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> um, or what, you know, cause they have all these signs and mm-hmm. different, they have a whole different language. So I think checking in and, and asking your kids is number one. I think two, the best thing that we can do is role model, right? So if we're constantly online and we're posting pictures that are edited and we're looking at other people and being like, oh, I'm so fat or I'm so this, and she's so perfect. We're essentially teaching our kids how to do that. So we should really stop doing that too. And really try to have more awareness of how the things that we are doing are influencing our kids' behavior as well. And then just be supportive, right? If if your child's saying, you know, all my friends are together, look, they're all at this party and I wasn't invited, instead of being like, what's this kid's mother? Or like, who would do that? Or or go call some other friends. Just say like, that's really, that really sucks. That's really embarrassing. That's really hard. Like just acknowledge how much that must, how badly that must feel to them rather than try to to fix it or intervene or say, well, just don't go on social media. They're going to do it anyway. Right. So we have to just be aware that it's happening and then supportive. You know, one of the things that I have started to do with my two boys is, well, remember how that makes you feel so that when you're in the driver's seat, you don't make someone else feel like that. And that has really resonated with the boys. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they don't understand how they're making you feel, but you know how you're feeling. So when you're 
in that situation, remember that you might make someone else feel that way. One of the things you said, Lori, was that, um, you know, ask them questions, even if you know the answers and how does that make you feel or what do you think about that or educate me? I loved that. And I also think it shows them that you're interested in their world as always being opposed to it or fighting against it. I always say that, uh, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I've always kind of taken the um, approach of, trying to learn their world. I'm one of the few moms on Snapchat and half the time if I want to reach my kids, I snap them as opposed to text them because they don't really look at their texts very often anymore. And they'll have friends say, oh my gosh, your mom Snapchats? And my my kids are actually actually kind of proud of the fact that I understand Snapchat and I can navigate it. Now, do I see their stuff? No, because I'm not in their private circles. But I'm I'm making an attempt to speak their language and I get a very good response from my girls because of that. She also has a mean art form with the Snapchat filters. Well, I do enjoy them when yeah. I'm having fun. I don't post. Yeah. I'm not a big poster. She's not, she doesn't post it, but she sends them to yeah. me and I just love yeah. it. Yeah, they're fun when you're drinking. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's And just, you have a puppy dog face. Yes, and, like, and yeah. we're communicating via just another person. But no, I wouldn't be posting those. But it's just a way of connecting with your kids in something that right. they know. And that's yeah, because how often do we hear you don't get it? You don't. Get, yes, exactly. But we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't get it. And I think it's so much better. Kids would so much rather hear you say, I don't get it. Can you explain it to me? Then have you say like, you know, can you not post that picture? Or why would you do that? Or those mm-hmm. are all shaming. Right. And mm-hmm. what you're doing, especially with teenagers, when you're saying things like that is making them want to do it more. Mm. actually mm. they're like oh they, you know they like to do the opposite of what we say or they like to get to us but so instead of directing them say Can we help me understand why you wanted to post a picture of yourself in a bikini in front of this palm tree for a thousand people to see half of who you don't know like please explain that to me it doesn't have to come out that sarcastically <laughs> but at the same time rather than being like don't do that why would you do that I'd like to know you know what, what's it like for you? Or what does that mean to you? And usually it's everyone else is doing it. That's usually the response. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's the exactly. trend, mom. That's the trend. That's what like. everyone does. Is there a fear that you have as a psychologist or that you see or as a psychology community are through this social media, both parents and kids, are we building this whole layer of narcissism that will come back and bite us in the ass? And, 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 and I'm telling you as parents, so you, you got a 12-year-old that, um, let's say, is larger than the average bear and can run the 60 really fast. And, oh, oh, by the way, they play football. And all we do as parents is pump out, look, look at Mike, look at Johnny, look at Jimmy, look at this. And, and so we're adding to that because we're proud parents. And then our kids are getting the pressure that they also have to put themselves out there in that way and only post the accomplishments and almost self-advocating to an extreme and then getting all this validation from people they don't know. Eventually that stops. Are we creating this runaway fake chain where they're just narcissists? Yeah, I think we're doing the opposite because what you're saying is like eventually that stops and then what's left for these kids? Like mm-hmm. what happens when your 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 whole feed is about your athleticism and then you break your knee or you know, it's done, your mm-hmm. career's over, right? Then what do you have left? It's so I think it's less about narcissism. I think it's actually doing the reverse. It's actually making kids constantly anxious on how to keep up 
Like, mm. what do I, I, I have so many kids tell me and self-esteem is a huge topic right now for, for what I'm doing in, in my work, but I, I have so many kids tell me like, I'm not good at any one thing, right? Like if, cause if you're not a superstar at your sport or your music or whatever you're into, it's like, you're not good at anything. That's their polarized view. Um, so it's like, this kid's great at soccer. This kid's great at math. And I suck at everything. And it's like, really though, do you? And I think it's because of that, because parents are constantly promoting or kids are self-promoting this one thing or this great thing. What if you don't have one thing that you're super great at? What if you're good at a lot of things, but you're not fantastic at one thing, right? And I think it's less narcissism and it's more just constant fighting to keep up with it. Like, it's like I was saying before with us and Facebook, like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like, how do I, what can I post now that's going to make me still stand out? Yeah. I, yeah, that was Brilliant. I so see that. That makes complete sense. Yeah. And then let me ask you this. You see all these little, little kids that they didn't even have established their, you know, superstar status of whatever, other than always being on TikTok as little babies. And then so their parents are always putting the camera on them. And so their whole life is grown up staring at this camera and acting to this camera and then it being posted out into the world. What is that doing at such a young developing brain? I don't know. Right. I mean, that. yeah, I don't know, but I feel like it again, that we're going to see a different type of adult in 15 years. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm right. afraid of is that, um, and you, you totally nailed it. And something I have to constantly validate with my own two children is that, Hey, look, you guys are a mile wide and an inch deep. And that is totally rad because you're well-rounded and there's lots of things you can do. And I think sometimes we get, as parents, the feeling and the pressure that we need that superstar. We need, you know, the 4.8 grade point, like that inch-wide, mile-deep individual because it's like we're trying to put them in that box, right? You know, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to post mm-hmm. about a superstar. When, and I think both my kids are superstars in their own special way because they do a lot of things really, really great. And but that, does the whole world need to know that? I mean, no, right. well, the whole world, and, and they don't. But, but, I'm, but I'm, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, but, but you can't post that in a, a thumbnail, right? <laughs> right. And what's the cost of that? What's the cost of having to have a 4.8? Like kids making themselves sick and having panic attacks and stressing mm-hmm. right now, it's midterms or whatever. You know, it's like, to what, for what? For what? Because they're probably going to get into college and may not be, you know, one of the best ones, but they're going to go. They're probably going to do fine. They're probably going to have amazing careers because they're awesome people and they'll be great at whatever they choose to do. So to what cost is it to be constantly putting our kids in this situation where they have to exceed at something because it's just making them nuts. And it's, and you know, it, it becomes about us as well, right? When we're, pu- when we're putting it out to the world like that, um, something specific, it's it's really validating us as parents, correct? I think so. And I think it, it works in the opposite too, right? Like, how do you feel as a parent when somebody does bully your child or does exclude your child or post something mean about your kid on social media? I mean, it's, it's it happens in reverse too. I think we're so emotionally connected to our child's experience, positive and negative. Okay, this is so great. I think we've covered a lot of things. Feelings of exclusion, comparisons, narcissism slash false insecurity, pressure from parents, and then fuel for gossip. And I love your recommendations, Lori, on what we can do as parents to role model and ask questions and, you know, really get involved in their world as opposed to making it always be a pushback. I love those recommendations. So thank you. 
Is there any further thing that you just want to hit home before we wrap? No, I, I agree that the role modeling honestly is the biggest piece, even though it doesn't seem seem like it. We as parents are constantly kind of modeling the behaviors that our kids are, are copying. So if you are someone that's constantly checking your social media or retaking your photos or saying something like, take that down, don't post that, I look ugly, I look fat, you're kind of sending the message that they should be really conscious of those things as well. Okay. All right. And Good for advice. those of us that use over filters... Don't use it for filters. <laughs> Although we do like to have fun with the filters. Well, that that's different. Yeah, 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 yeah. My daughter has an app that will take all your wrinkles away and shadow your chin. I mean, and and it, it's hard not to get sucked in because I sometimes want to give her my phone and say, can you take the wrinkles off this picture? <laughs> and, right. But then I have to put myself back in check and say, yeah. wait. Can I please my- have that app? <laughs> I want the app. I want the Send app. Send me some pictures, Lori, and I'll have Alexa doctor them up. Uh, we, we've got a friend that does that. She lives in Beverly <laughs> Hills, and she is the maestro of doctoring up the photos. It's, it's actually kind of hilarious she she showed me and i was like oh i can't my my head exploded there was too many i'm like i can't i can't yeah it was crazy touch this open that too much okay so we're gonna wrap up here and then put you in the hot seat a little bit and what we're hoping is that you're gonna come back for another episode and talk all about body image and what we do as parents and that type of thing yeah kids and how to handle that that's 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 really important Absolutely. Tell us, Lori, where our listeners can find you. So your sure, website um, I, and your Instagram. Yeah, my website is pastparentfuture.com. And my Instagram is also at pastparentfuture. Um, and I also just recently published a book. It's on Amazon. It's for kids around six to 12, so maybe a little bit younger. Um, and it's a self-esteem journal that kids and parents do together. It's called Three Plus Three Stars for Me, and it's on Amazon right now. Um, and it's basically every day you take a few minutes for the child to write down three positive things about themselves, and then parents or another adult, a teacher, a coach, or a sibling would write three positive things about the child every day. Wow, I wow. like that. That's great. I know. That goes really into, we were talking with Randy about the positive, like yeah. journaling, po- you know, things you're grateful for every day when you go to bed, yes, when you wake yes. up and when you go to bed. Yeah. Similar to gratitude journal, but a little bit easy. I mean, it's their prompts. So it's like something I'm proud of today is, and it's really quick and really short because as you know, kids don't like to, do, to yeah. do these things very often. And what's funny is that sometimes parents actually have a hard time coming up with three things positive about their child that day. Like if it was a bad day or they were misbehaving or they're angry, it's really hard to say, but you know, I really appreciated the way you worked hard on your math homework, or I liked the way you put a dish in the sink without me asking, or just the smallest things because as parents, we're so good at telling our kids what they didn't do or what they did wrong. And we often forget to go out of our way every day to say, you know, I noticed that you did this thing that was really great. And kids are always coming to me in therapy and saying, my parents never say anything nice about me. They're always nagging. They All they do is see what I do wrong. They didn't even notice I cleaned my whole room because I got an F on my you know, English test or whatever. Yeah, I think that that, that is that's something true that's ageless, in, right? Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. I think spouses age, should do that. I think, yeah, words, I mean, words, words of really affirmation carry a lot of weight. And I, I think that's great advice for all of us. So yeah, it's funny. The other adults I've talked to about this are like, I wish my parents had this when I was young, because I don't think they've said one nice thing to me in the past 10, <laughs> 10 no. years. Well, you know, I think one of the things that we do is, and and I know I'm a culprit of it, is we focus on the big rocks and sometimes just acknowledging the little things that are positive that go on, because sometimes we can't always get the big rocks moving, you know? 
And, yes. and you get well, so- I think we expect our kids to do that. We expect you to put a dish in the sink. We expect you to pick your clothes up off the floor. So we don't comment when you do it because you should do it. But when you comment on it and you're like, oh, it made me so happy that you helped me, you know, with that laundry today, because that was so hard for me. And then they're more likely to do it again because they see they made you really happy. Or right. they'll be like, my family, which is like, I helped you last week. <laughs> right. So I don't have to do it for that box already. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All well, right. We will make sure to have all your info on our in our bio on Instagram. We'll be able to find Lori's info and get you get that you, that book. That get that. Great, yeah, that, that's a great, a great idea. holiday gift. Yes. It's stocking stuffers. Stocking stuffers. I know I need a lot of those. <laughs> Okay, so what I thought would be an interesting take, you know, normally we do Lowe's lightning round, which is kind of uh, blind questions, is I actually found online a social media addiction test. So we're going to take it. So keep score and let's see who the addict of the group is. Uh (laughs) All right. Are we ready? We're called out on our role modeling. And I I want complete honesty, ladies. All right. This is an actual test. Okay. Done by psychologists. I, and I think it was on Women's Day. I don't right. know where it was. Doesn't matter. Okay. One, social media heavily is heavily integrated into your daily routines. I would say for me, somewhat. I mean, I'm a looker. I'm not a poster, but I guess I'm looking. But we do. Periodically. It is part of our routine. Our is, is yeah. part of the She's a Tin brand that we do. Yeah. We do post on the regular. It's part of our business. Well, so I would say, yeah. Yes. Yes, but not, I don't, I don't think personally, personally I do that. Mm. No, but Lori. Yeah, it wasn't as much for, well, I do post on Facebook personally, um, but it wasn't this much until I started being an entrepreneur online because you, right. it's the only way to yeah. connect with people. So you kind of have to, Okay, but yes, I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. That's too. one for being an addict. Okay. Do you rely <laughs> on it as a source of excitement and to avert boredom or loneliness? That's a big fat no for me. <laughs> I don't that alcohol, it. like I just, I don't know. I feel like that's more like drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, it doesn't excite me very like, rarely. <laughs> no, I don't think. Uh, oh, I'm bored. And I'm Let never, and I'm never, media. and I'm never bored. Okay, all right, good. We answered that one. Um, do you feel anxious and edgy without it? No, I don't either. And in fact, when Facebook slash Instagram went down, I honestly felt a calm, mm-hmm. like oh. Yeah. Lori? But did you find yourself constantly checking to see when it was coming back? No, because I just got busy doing other things. I I, I didn't. I think it was my husband that said, oh, it's back up. Well, and right, because I mean, for our, for in, we don't use Facebook as much as we do yeah. Instagram for, for She's a 10, but personally, I, I don't go on it that often. But um, back to, I think that and back to the previous question, not so much if it's more of a habit. Yeah. It's, it's right. A, oh, that's a great way to it's say it. It's your phone and you check it's a your habit. It's, it's a not habit. that I in the morning or in bed at night. Yes. It's, it's just, yeah. I just, it's just do it because you're used to it. You know what? It. I, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to retract. I, I think I do go into my social media feed. She's a 10 and my personal when I am bored, like I'm in a line at the pharmacy or I'm in a waiting room or my car is being washed. That's when I tend to go on it. It's Not a time when I, filler. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm going to ask my own question here because, yeah. you know, I don't know Ooh. who did this test, but do you wake up? What is the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Like, do you wake up and open your phone? Yes. 
Yeah, because, because I, when I look at time. to make sure my daughter's away. <laughs> right. I check the but time. I mean, do you open your phone and start scrolling? Mm, no, no, not on social media. I do. I will check text because I, I tend to go to bed around mm, a little before 10 because I'm so exhausted. And sometimes I'll get late texts from the kids or whatnot. So I tend to check text and then the fu- and the time. And then mm-hmm. I do put it aside until about, eh, I don't know, mm-hmm. 9, 839. Same. I think social media is keeping people awake at night, though. I think oh, hundred percent, kids. And our, you know, that's something we didn't talk about. It could be a whole other episode about sleep and how. <gasps> yeah, it's my husband's bugaboo about the phones sleep. and sleep. sleep is sleep. He doesn't think our kids get enough sleep because of it. Well, I it's adrenaline can't believe rush. we like didn't you're trying to fall asleep, and then you get a ding, and it's like, who's that? What's uh, right. that? Uh, right. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. 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 Oh, they'll be taking a nap next, like on the couch, and I'll hear the phone. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Yeah, and it's con- not one ring. It's just the constant it's pulse constant. of the posts yeah. and the yeah. feed. Okay. Okay. Have you attempted and failed to quit social media? No. 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 I, I've pretty, tried to quit. I've I pretty much, quit. I pretty much have quit engaging in Facebook and I've had no problems with it. <laughs> right. And then like, um, you know, you, it, they're both linked. So if you have them linked, you post to one, it automatically goes well, to the other. That's what I've been trying to eliminate because oh. that does happen with me. And then if I feel like if someone puts a nice comment on, on my post and takes the time that I owe them a response, because I think it's nice. Like they took the time to, to acknowledge whatever it was I posted, but I'm trying to bifurcate those two. But I only have like a few, like less than a 200 people that I follow on my personal. Mm-hmm. And, and so my feed is like, and none of our friends are over posters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so no. Lori, have you attempted to? Uh, no, I've, I've never tried to quit. Okay. Me either. <laughs> All right. Have you had a conflict with friends and family about social media? About or on? About. No. I have. Oh, well, I've had- Sean and I sometimes will not be paired with our alignment on the girls, like, is, is their time as much? Yeah. Does that make sense? I, that didn't come out right, but you know what I mean? Yeah. My kids get very particular and angry about what I post in particular oh. about them. So mm-hmm. we have had that conflict where I've had to take stuff down. And mm-hmm. I have had a conflict with a friend about social media. Mm. So. No, I haven't. Yeah. Have you, Lori? I, I think I've had conflicts with friends around, like, noticing that there was an event or a, you know, girls night out or a couple's mm-hmm. thing that you weren't invited to. Yeah. 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 That happens. That, that, or how many times we've been at an event and like, okay, no posting. Yeah. No, right. no posting. posting. Don't this. tell anyone we're on this 10 day trip because yeah. <laughs> they weren't included <laughs> yes. all the time. Yeah. And you want to post. That's the kind of things you want to post. Sure. But it's like, you're trying to do the opposite. You're trying not to hurt anyone's feelings. Yes. Right. So you don't. But then it's like it's it, that. Yeah, I do think that's conflict constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we we just I, we got serendipitously invited to the American Music Awards this weekend. Um, Lisa couldn't go. But that was the conversation on the way up to L.A. was, oh, is people going to be mad? And I'm like, fuck it. We're at the AMAs. I'm posting like this is this you is rad. this is part, part of my chronicles. So, yeah. OK, last one. Do you feel like you are responsible for posting any update you have in your life? No. No. I rarely post updates. Just big milestones or or wishes like happy birthday to this or thinking, you know, but no. My day-to-day life is never you know on what? social media. Gals, I think we did pretty well. I think we're 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 not addicts. No, I'm not, I don't consider my innocent. I think I have a problem with it being um a habit to fill time. Yeah. 
And I don't even really take it in sometimes. And I'll just like, I'll find myself, why did I just go there? But that is, and I'm not really like really thinking about what I'm looking at sometimes, but not. I I like to post when I'm at something exciting, like boys in their Def Leppard concert. (laughs) I'd like to show people that I'm at this concert or I'm at the Red Sox game or something. But then if you're only posting that, which for a while I was uh, a couple of years ago and, you know, before pandemic and people would be like, don't you ever do like sit home and watch TV. <laughs> like you're always out. Oh, and it's not that I'm always out. It's just that every three weeks, what I'm only posting is being out. Right. So it right. seems like I don't have a normal life, but it's just because I don't share myself watching friends, obviously. <laughs> well, I had someone on the East Coast say, You Californians, all you do is spa. <laughs> oh, well, I'm coming out. I'm there. like, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like that's what, anyway. No. All no. right. Hey, we did good, ladies. And Lori, we so appreciate you coming on. Yes. This Thank was you so much. This was really so fun. helpful. Yeah. I'm going to leave us with a little song that I thought was very apropos. It's called Jealousy, Jealousy by Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. She was at the AMA. She was adorable. All right, girls. If, if, and I can't let it go. if you haven't listened to this song, you got it, baby. It's all very about social dramatic. media. It's yeah. all about social media? Yeah. Oh. yeah. All, all right. right. Well, thank you so much, Lori. We look forward to having you back to talk about more topics. I think you are spot on. We're in that age bracket where we have these, you know, very impressionable kids. And we've got a lot to talk about. So please come back. Yes. Absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Thank you so much. And have a great day to everybody. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram at she's a 10 times five. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe. 